You're listening to the Rua Space Podcast. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Rua Space Podcast, where we help you make space for the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in your everyday life. I'm Phil, and today I am thrilled to be joined by Eric Elms. Eric, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. It's good to be with you. Could you just kick us off by telling us a little bit about yourself, what you do, and how you spend your days? <laughs> uh, I'm the senior minister of First Congregational United Church of Christ in Portland, Oregon, where I've been uh, since uh, last December. So I entered a church during the pandemic. <laughs> Blessings <laughs> on you, friend. <laughs> yeah, we actually just had our third in-person worship service since in the last over a year. I mean, almost a year since I've been there. So. <laughs> Wow, uh, but so that takes up a lot of my time, um, and and um, during the pandemic, it's also then helped uh, uh, reinvigorate some interest in video production that I've had in the past, and for online worship and and meditation space. So. And and uh, Darkwood Brew, right? Ah, yeah. So I've got a background with doing kind of online video uh, content. Uh, I did Darkwood Brew for five years. I was the host of that in Omaha, Nebraska. And that was the purpose of that program was to um, really have a national worship gathering and also kind of uh, feature up, uh, up and coming and, and establish leaders in conversations with them and um, create a whole bunch of video resources for small groups. So we've got, yeah, Darkwood Brew has like 28 different series that, dark, that um, small groups can access and stream online. That's really cool. Well, the way I originally found you was through that site, but then I saw you did these things called the four bows meditation. And that's what we're going to be diving into today. Can you just introduce us really quick? Maybe we'll, we'll go through the steps later, but maybe how did this come about? Why is meditation something that's important to you? Uh, uh, both of those are excellent questions. <laughs> I'll answer the first one first. Why it's me meditation's uh, interesting to me is I've actually been meditating for about 40 years now. Uh, and I, I first actually got my start through watching a PBS yoga program. <laughs> oh, wow. And I started meditating uh, using some of the techniques and it op it just blew open a whole, I was like 17. I mean, just it just rocked my world i could not believe the world that's inside my head that, and then that and it felt like it extends out beyond me <laughs> and and so that's what and it really got me hooked early on so i've been a practitioner for over 40 years and and i've tried different techniques you know i spent the first three years probably just banging my head against the wall like they say oh you're supposed to clear out all your thoughts clear out all your thoughts so every time a thought would come to me i'd be like clearing clear it out clear it out <laughs> And I've been wondering why meditation wasn't you know, going so well for me. It's like, well, yeah, if the Holy Spirit's going to speak to you, it's going to speak to you with different thoughts that come to your head, you keep clearing them out. <laughs> so then I learned to just surrender, uh, surrender and, and then monitor you know, the thoughts that come. And, and that became much more productive. Um, the origin of this particular form of meditation is um, kind of mystical and also has more logical explanations. Um, it really... Um, the uh, it, it came uh, was developed while I was in Omaha, where my my church became the Christian partner in Omaha's Tri Faith Initiative, where a synagogue, a mosque, and a Christian church that is my church all uh, moved to a 35 acre commons and built separate worship facilities. Um, and a common center to try to move beyond interfaith dialogue into more interfaith relationship. And that really blew open a whole world for me. Um, it's, it's so amazing when you, when as a Christian, to have really deep conversations with, with sister faiths, um, you, are, um, you know, who are part of the Abrahamic tradition, and they see things just slightly differently, but also very similarly. And that, that, that kind of um, 
that play between what's similar and what's not similar is just so creative. And I was really impressed by a couple of things. One was just the level to which the other two faiths have developed disciplines that the people follow in versus Christianity, which at least in recent centuries is really, you know, <laughs> doesn't have a lot. Um, uh, and, and then I was also impressed by um, the, the, I started um, attending the mosque, the worship in the mosque, just to see what that was like. They, they were very welcoming. And that prostration prayer, that to actually, I mean, their, their prayers, they get down, you know, and, and they, they're bowing all the way to the ground. And just that, that physicality, I thought, oh my gosh, this is so missing from the worship I'm leading. <laughs> and, it, and, it's, and it's really about surrender. Um, and, and to me, meditation, like a lot of people talk about meditation, and all it is is basically glorified relaxation techniques. And, and that's wonderful. We need to be more relaxed. But to me, the real pay dirt comes when you can do those techniques, but then add surrender to a power higher than yourself. <laughs> so, uh, and, and that suddenly, it's like pouring gasoline on fire. The insights start to come, and the satisfaction of meditation just gets so much more profound. And so I thought, well, this would, you know, I, I, I thought about, inter like, maybe I can't get people to do the external bows, but I could develop a meditation technique that would help people internally surrender in, in kind of gradual stages. Because sometimes it's hard just going to go from like your everyday life to complete surrender in five minutes, right? So it's a staged kind of thing. And then I was also impressed by um, the Jewish understanding of the ancient tabernacle in the wilderness in the Bible. In the book of Exodus, I'd done a lot of a study of that tabernacle actually in my PhD program. I was a PhD in Hebrew scriptures at Princeton Seminary. And, um, and you know, the ancient Hebrews had this idea of graded holiness. Like holiness was not this moral thing so much as simply the presence and power of God where you um, and, and you could actually come closer to or farther away from that presence and, and power um, and whether that's how it actually works or not I think the techniques they developed were really interesting the tabernacle that you know there was this tent shrine that, that moved with them according to Exodus across the wilderness they actually organized it with uh, like you you could enter it you'd have to purify yourself before enter empty entering it but then you have um, the artistic quality of the even the components of the tabernacle um, got more refined and greater as you got closer to the holy of holies which was the you know where they felt the the, the actual real presence of god was behind this curtain um, and so you um, and i like that idea of like moving into a space and gradually kind of it's almost like stepping into water deeper water deeper water or you know that kind of thing, like approaching holiness with a sense of reverence and a sense that like, okay, you know, I don't have to just suddenly be, you know, right there, but rather moving into it gradually. So I, um, that's what led to the four bows meditation where we gradually come closer to closer to that, the Holy of Holies. It was actually originally a five bows meditation, um, but I found that if you get too deep, um, wow. <laughs> There's a reason why the why the Hebrews um, only allowed priests you know behind that curtain you know, like maybe it would be once in a lifetime opportunity for them or you know every year um, when they built the temple um, you know that that I, I just wanted to kind of protect people because if if you are in the right side of mind it can really blow your mind. <laughs> I hear you. So I backed that. off. What's that? Yeah, so I backed off one 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 step. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I hear that, and I you know I really appreciate the way that the other traditions were able to inform what you were doing. Because as you said, I feel like the Roman Catholic Church held on a little bit more to some of the 
mystic uh, yes. meditation, contemplation elements. And it's kind of the Protestant church yes. that, that lost those. And then Protestants often think, oh, it's Catholic. So now I shouldn't do it. And I think we've lost something because our bodies are good, right? And bringing yes. that whole embodied experience in. I think yeah. that's just a, a beautiful thing. And I, I just keep seeing from more and more people when you bring your whole being to it, there yeah. is that extra level that comes into play. Yeah, yeah. I should add the mystical part of it came from when I was doing five bows meditations and I did actually three in a row that were just super deep. And and wow, uh, uh, the, the bells, whistles really went off. And um, it was actually rather jarring, actually. <laughs> uh, and I thought, but, but the, the, from that, that deeply mystical experience, one of the takeaways was this is a path that's replicable. What got you into this state that was really very profound and very life-changing for me, uh, transformative, um, um, is replicable, um, but just ease people in. Don't, don't just like, so yeah, if you're a really practiced meditator, you might even want to do five bows, but, but just go with four for what you can. <laughs> You know, I, I appreciated the part of your story where you know, you've obviously been doing this for a long time. And when you said it first, you know, it just felt like, I think you said maybe banging your head against the wall, right? Like what sort of got you from that stage to the next? Because my sense is because in our Protestant churches, this often isn't taught as much. Mm -hmm. A lot of people listening are if they've started, they're probably in that three-year period. Uh, yeah. What changed for you, I guess? What sort of helped you go to that next space where you really yeah. felt like you were gaining ground? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, part of it was just simply um, uh, realizing that there was, I could tell, I mean, it was feeding me. I kept it up for several years. It was feeding me enough to keep it up, but I, I just it felt like there was something missing, like, and I, like I was always doing it wrong. So then I started listening to others, and I, I remember hearing somebody saying, you know, just track your thoughts. You know, just watch it like a movie. It's like, wait a minute, I've been clearing away, though. Every time the movie starts, I'm turning it off. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so... Uh, yeah, that's what got me just listening to others and how, you know, they had practiced it um, and integrating that in my own path. And it sounds like even if during that time you felt like, because that, that's a common thing I hear all the time, well, I'm doing it wrong. And mm -hmm. to me, the intention of coming to the practice, yes. even if you feel like you're doing it wrong, I tell people all the time, if you're showing up, you're yep. doing it. I couldn't agree with you more. Yeah, I, I've said something similar, like showing up is 80% of the of, of what meditation is just like I think Woody Allen said that once like life 80% of life is just showing up and <laughs> that's definitely the case with meditation it's that intentionality just like you're saying that really signals that and it also the goal isn't to like I mean at first I thought like unless I have some sort of cosmic download during that time of meditation I failed well I've you know gone way beyond that now I realize that meditation really sets you up for the day you know it's not just you know the the insights that may or may not occur during meditation itself I think that's huge because oftentimes, I mean, I still have that where I feel like, man, maybe nothing's happening during this space, but it, it's like it roots something in you that comes out later. Yes, very much so. And that, that maybe sometimes can't even be put into words. You, you have no words and nothing, nothing that occurred to your intellectual mind, but there's definitely stuff going on underneath the surface in the, those subconscious regions or that, that area of soul that we don't have direct access to, I think. Yeah, no doubt. And so, okay, so we talked a little bit about you, you, you had those struggles at first, and now you've been 40 years, you said, you've been practicing yeah. meditation. Yeah. So yeah. 40 years in, you have it all perfected now? No issues? <laughs> no. no, in fact, I just told somebody the other day, it's so funny, you could practice for 40 years and still feel like you're, you got a lot to learn. It's like, yeah. the more you know, the more you realize you don't know. And, 
and you always there's just, there's such there's such vistas and such worlds in, that open up in meditation that you that you could explore them uh, infinitely, and it's just like a relationship with the, like the the greatest relationship you've ever been in. I mean, I've been married for 33 years. Uh, and I'm always finding new dimensions of my wife. You know, I don't get tired of her. I don't get bored with her, whatever. And she's always surprising me. And, and, and I'm always feeling like I'm not a good enough husband. <laughs> you know, so um, so it's, it work, it's, it's, about, it's like relationship, you know? Yeah, well, and that's, I guess, the good news about God is that there's always that infinite more depth. In fact, if we, if we ever think we arrive, we've probably arrived at an idol. We've probably missed exactly. it, right? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, yeah, so there's a great deal of satisfaction, but there's always the sense of, oh, I want to continue because, boy, there, I like where that's going, and I'd like to discover what's beyond the next river bend. You know, no doubt. Now, can you point to any? Do you do you have a regular meditation practice? Like, is it is it daily, weekly? What does that look like for you? That's another really good question. I think it's really important, actually, to vary. At least for me, it's important to vary. The meditative practice. So um, the one that you kind of invited me on, this four bows meditation, and and the way I lead people, that's kind of my bread and butter uh, personal meditation. But I I vary that significantly. Like there's different things you can add, things you do during the bows. You can extend them. You can uh, out. And also, um, you know, I do like walking meditations uh, to get just get out into uh, 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 the woods uh, alone and be, do walking meditations. Um, I think there, you know, our our strategic mind, the one that's always trying to get on top of life, make sure that life doesn't hurt us and make sure that we can control things. It's always there in the background somewhere. And so it's part of meditation is just trying to learning to subvert yourself or that part of yourself that wants to control everything. And so if you get into, like I find like if I get into a meditative t technique that is really paying off and I'm developing a great deal of satisfaction with it. Well, I want to continue that. Oh, I found the, the magic <laughs> silver bullet. Well, then it is not too long before my strategic mind starts to try to control the thing. And so I have to, you know, subvert that a bit and, and just kind of mix up the routine. You know, one of the ways I actually like to do that um, is once in a while is to, when I get into the bows, I will actually... Um, um, set a timer at one of the bows where I know it's going to go off in like 15 minutes. So this is a much longer meditation than the 20 minute. There, but I know when it starts and I know when it finishes, but I can't keep track in my conscious mind of where 15 minutes is. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to pay attention to whatever is on my mind when the bell rings in 15 minutes. So it allows parts of me that I can't access to throw up thoughts and images. You know, it basically allows the, the spirit and my deep soul to kind of uh, collude together. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, I'm gonna have to go back and listen to that again myself and, and go try it. Yeah, it's 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 it doesn't work. It doesn't work as as a regular thing. But boy, if you're getting stuck, boy, that can really get you through a log jam. If you're experiencing you know number of days and you're just feeling like nothing's coming. Oh, I love that. That that's that's really cool. You know, so so I was talking to someone a while back who really focuses in on centering prayer. And mm -hmm. I, I had a question I wanted to ask them and they blew it up because they said in 20 years, they hadn't missed a day of centering prayer. And I'm like, well, then this question isn't going to work. So maybe you're in that camp and that's absolutely fine. But do you find if you have some sort of regularity to your practice, maybe life throws a curveball and you you sure. miss your day, you miss your practice. Sure, I do that. Yeah. Do you? Yeah. Okay, good. I thought maybe I was the only one. Um, do you, do you feel different? Do you notice anything different when you miss your practice? These are all great questions. You're a good interviewer. 
<laughs> so, um, yeah, I find that um, it, it may not be right away, although I can definitely feel right away my day is off. Um, uh, but certainly over a few days, I'll, no, I'll notice a difference. Just like, you know, I take a medication for a back um, back spasm. You know, I, I could be off that medication for a week and not notice any, any difference. But, boy, after that week, <laughs> I'm hobbling around like an old man. Um, and, and so it, it works, you know, I think, think like that. Um, I definitely feel different. And my days seem much more mixed up and they seem more random. And, um, you know, I remember Martin Luther, I don't know if this is actually even a true story or not. It's anecdotal. Um, but I heard that he was once said, you know, he once made the comment, I'm so busy today. I've got so much to do that it's going to take me at least four or five hours to pray through it all. And I love that um, because to me, meditation really helps me focus on what's important in my life. And if I'm not focusing on what's important in my life, I'm focusing on a lot of things that are off to the side of what's important and I'm wasting a lot of time. So I do find I waste a lot more time um, during my week if I'm not getting myself focused on what I need to be focused on. Yeah, no, that makes complete sense. And I like how you're, you're, you're sort of clarifying as well that when we're talking about meditation here, it is, it's prayer. It's communing with God. It's, it's a, maybe a different word or, or different method than us saying the Lord's prayer, for example, but yeah. it's entering into that same space. You know, one of the ways I've really noticed it for me is I, I may not notice right away, but when I return to the practice, uh, it's sort of like, whoa, I didn't know I could, you know, I'd forgotten I could feel this way, you know, right. Oh no. Now I realize why my anxiety was taking over so much. I, I had missed the space. Yeah. That's right. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so let's dig in then to the four bows meditation. Can you take us through the, the four parts and kind of what each, especially the one that we're going, because after this, we're going to be inviting people to actually practice it right here in the episode. You don't have to go anywhere else. It's just going to go straight into it. So if you're driving, you know, you can, you know, go ahead and pause when we get to that spot, finish at home. Um, but could you walk us through what, what will they be experiencing? What are the different aspects Sure. Yeah. So the first uh, three bows work, you know, kind of a, a, gui a guided meditation piece. So you'll hear me talk and, and, and I don't put on like a, now we're a meditating voice. <laughs> you're you're going to hear me talk like this. <laughs> and, um, um, and the first bow is really about uh, looking over the last 24 hours of our lives. It's part of that ancient, um, the, the examine that Ignatius of Loyola developed about a thousand years ago. Um, you look over the last 24 hours of your life, and what we're looking for specifically in this meditation is those things that blessed us in the last 24 hours, because it's so fast, you know, it's amazing how fast we forget. Um, and it's amazing how many resources we have when we're in times of stress, we think, oh, God's nowhere present. Well, I remember one time um, I was in a very depressed state um, a number of years ago, like seriously depressed, like probably clinical um, depressed. And all I could do was bring myself to write a, a gratitude journal. I started writing down, like, okay, is there anything I could be grateful for? And I discovered that even at my lowest point in my entire life, I could fill up an entire single space page full of things I was ha uh, grateful for. I was like, holy cow, I've got a lot of help here. that <laughs> I thought I had no help, you know. And so the first, the first bit is that. And then... And in this meditation, it lasts for five minutes. Of course, you could, sometimes I do that and it lasts for 90 minutes. It depends on you know how much time I have and what I feel like doing. But then the next piece is about intercessory prayer, uh, praying for somebody else. And I have a distinct approach to that. It's a little different than most people. And it's, it has, it's related to the fact that my eldest daughter has a cancerous brain tumor. And I had to learn 
how to pray. And I really think that praying moves energy of some sort. I have no idea what kind of energy it is or if you even call it energy, but it moves something on subtle levels. Um, not that you just pray for somebody and that suddenly they're cured, but maybe if enough of us do it consistently, that has some effect. And But I think that if it moves energy, it's probably not even a woo-woo thing. It's probably a very natural thing that maybe even science itself could you know, explain it one of these days. But if it does move energy, it probably can move positive or negative energy. And as a father trying to pray for his own daughter who has a cancerous brain tumor, I realized if I start praying for, for Ariana... I actually might move negative energy, you know, my stress into her. And that could be literally dangerous. And so I try, I developed a, a meditative technique for praying for others that will get you in a completely non-stressed, non-anxious state. And so that's what we do in the second bow. Um, and then uh, the third bow is really looking at, okay, what do I need today or this coming week that, that really matters on a soul level? Um, to me and really contemplate really asking that question putting it out there so i'm letting letting the spirit also influence my you know my thinking and then trying to arrive at, at that as best i can um and do some prayer around that and then the final stage is my favorite is where you just let go of all agenda whatsoever um, including the thing you just identify that you need most and you let the spirit just take the conversation um, or not have any conversation sometimes i think spirit just likes to be in, you know we like to be in each other's presence and that's it. Then that's enough. Or it, or spirit speaks on levels that we can't even interpret in a language way. Um, but what I'll do typically, though, is and this is where I'd advise your listeners: like if you have more time to to really spread out, that that fourth bow could can last. That's the one normally. If I'm going to go like 90 minutes in a meditation, the fourth bow gets most of it. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna just deliberately shut up, and I'm going to be um, I am going to try to empty myself of all thoughts, and then start to pay attention to the thoughts that come, and see if there's any kind of conversation that the spirit wants to have with me, and then I'm going to start picking up that conversation. But if nothing comes, like if I'm if I've gone a couple minutes and it's complete blank, I'm going to take as a given that the spirit wants to talk about the need that I identified in the last piece, and so I'm going to take up that one. And then I'm going to start to contemplate that in the spirit's presence and and do that. Uh, and then, of course, if you have time for do even more bows, I mean, you could you might just arrive at a really powerful insight in that fourth bow. Say, okay, I want to take this one more step deeper. I've already actually gotten as surrendered as I possibly can. I'm like internally, I'm prostrate on the floor. But there's actually levels you can go down way below just prostrating yourself on the floor. <laughs> it's kind of like that 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 film, um, uh, Inception, was it called? You know, where you have a dream within a dream within a dream within a dream. You can have surrender within surrender within surrender within surrender, you know. It's a beautiful invitation. And I, I think people are really going to enjoy it. And I appreciate that you're sharing one with us today. Um, and definitely encourage people to go try it because knowledge is one thing, but with most of this, you have to experience it. Just knowing about it isn't what's going to do it. You got to do it. Yes. It's like telling people how, what a rose smells like that does very little good unless you actually can smell a rose. Right. Absolutely. Well, well, Eric, before we dive in then, you know, because when that practice is done, I'll just let the episode end there so everyone knows, because that way, if you want to continue in that space, as you mentioned, then you're not going to hear my voice come back on. It'll just it'll just flow right into it. So before we get into that, then, um, do you have a, a word of encouragement or challenge for people before they enter into this practice? Sure. I'll, I'll offer the word of encouragement I gave to my own congregation last Sunday in worship, because we're just starting a series on spiritual discernment, which is the biggest mistake you can possibly make is to assume that you're alone. 
Amen. That is a good word, a good thing to remember. And we need that right now, don't we? Yes, we do. More than ever, maybe, at least in our lifetime. There's no doubt to that. And then, Eric, I know you've also written a number of books. So before, you know, usually we do this again at the very end, but I'd like to just invite it now. If people want to go deeper with you, find out the other work that you've done, you know, I can put some links in the description and such. Where would you send people? What, What else can they find to go deeper with you? Sure. Um, well, if you're open to using Amazon, that's an easy way to find out all the books I've written. But I'll mention just two for your listenership that might your listeners might be particularly interested in. One is my latest book called Gifts of the Dark Wood, uh, which is really uh, where I, I've applied these spiritual practices in, in real life and talk about times of, of, of darkness and failure and emptiness and so forth and, and moving through those in the spirits with the spirit's guidance. And um, frankly, I think that's my best that's the most satisfying book I've ever wrote. Um, another one that your listeners may be interested in, it, it, if you want to know anything about the theological kind of information, the way I'm theologically informed, is a book called The Phoenix Affirmations, A New Vision for the Future of Christian, Christian Faith. And uh, uh, there, there are 12 affirmations of um, uh, that um, might be called, uh, I don't really like the word progressive, uh, uh, like they were meant to try to shape progressive Christianity. I think what's what's happened is a lot of it's just kind of rewarmed liberalism but <laughs> it was really meant to be something that's out beyond uh um progr- uh liberal or conservative and is on a whole different not it's not in that binary at all and so th- those are the two i'd recommend most well i will have links to those in the descriptions friends so whatever platform you're on if you go down into the show notes you should be able to just click on the link take you right to the book on amazon and you can check it out and hey maybe you'll come back and we could talk about one of them that would be a lot of fun wonderful well eric thank you so much for your time i'm just honored you took the space to come here today it's deeply appreciated well i so appreciate your your interest and in, and uh, once again i'll just say you're an excellent interviewer I, i'll come on anytime oh thank you so much i appreciate that and for everyone listening friends here's the space here is the four bows meditation welcome to four bows meditation today i'm at newton road trailhead just outside of a forest park in portland oregon and for this four bows meditation, we will be doing our normal routine. If you've never done this before, just uh, uh, pay attention to the instructions. It's quite simple. This is a 20-minute meditation, and we'll begin by taking a deep breath in, letting it out slowly, and in so doing, clearing away whatever obstacles you may have brought with you to experiencing the presence of the divine in this time of meditation. I'm going to invite you now to physically or internally bow your head just as just making an internal acknowledgement that you're seeking the presence of the holy and also intentional about connecting with others who are joining us online as we look over the last 24 hours of our lives or the course of the next several minutes uh, looking for those things that have blessed us especially where people have reached out in love to us and where we have reached out in love to others. Either way, given or received, love is a blessing. Also the food we ate, the sights we saw, the smells we smelled. Just giving thanks for all that we can remember in the last 24 hours.
Now I'm going to invite you again to take another deep breath in. Let it out slowly. And as you let your breath out, imagine yourself, at least internally, if not externally, bowing deeply at the waist in a bit deeper form of surrender now to spirit. As we call to mind someone who's hurting right now, someone who needs the power of prayer, maybe through because of a physical ailment or a spiritual or mental ail- struggle, I invite you to try to locate their own struggle within you, as if, even if only by analogy, so that you have some sort of empathy you can feel something of their struggle and then simply open yourself to allowing the spirit into yourself as a healing presence as light and life and when you can feel that fully within yourself perhaps leading to a sense of greater calm or a quiet joy then call to mind this person who's struggling and let that energy, that consciousness just flow through you to that person.
let's take another deep breath in let it out slowly and as you do so let this person of concern fade to the background as you envision yourself uh, internally anyway uh, bowing so deep that you're on hands and knees you're not groveling before a god with anger management issues you're simply allowing yourself to let go of your agenda a bit more releasing control to a presence who loves you more than you love you who believes in you more than you believe in you and consider what you need today or this coming week what's a soul need that you have that spirit could provide some sense of guidance for or direction or awareness be as specific as you possibly can but avoid big topics like please let me know the nature of good and evil <laughs> i mean keep this very personal and very necessary for a productive day productive week stated as simply as possible as as precisely as possible and then let spirit inform that choice of needs adjusting it or perhaps informing it
let's take one final deep breath in, let it out slowly. And as you do so, imagine yourself sinking all the way to the floor in utter prostration. Again, before a God who loves you more than you love you, far more than you love you, who's far wiser. Simply letting go of all of our agendas now and trusting that whatever conversation spirit wants to have is where is the conversation that needs to be had. But also, let's remember that sometimes spirit, sometimes love, just wants to be in each other's presence, in the presence of the beloved. So if no conversation comes, just rest. Rest in spirit. And let her take you wherever she will.
And we give thanks now for this meditation, for the people who have joined us, adding their energies to ours, and most of all to a creator who, despite our own uh, failings and imperfections, honestly loves us and seeks relationship with us, who's more interested in relationship than perfection. May we give such love away to others this coming day and this coming week. Thanks for joining me today. I'll see you next week.